Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Then-Governor Jay Nixon set up the Ferguson Commission just months after Michael Brown's death in Ferguson. The goal? To study the social and economic conditions brought to the forefront by the unrest that followed Brown's killing. The commission was tasked with talking with people from diverse backgrounds to form recommendations for making the region a stronger, more fair place. Forward Through Ferguson is a nonprofit that was set up to help continue and to implement the goals of the commission. And earlier this week, it released its second report. Its focus is policing. Joining us today to discuss the report is Karishma Furtado. She's a data analyst and researcher research catalyst for Forward Through Ferguson. Karishma, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Do you have a question or comment about policing reforms in the wake of Ferguson? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Karishma, the State of Police Reform Report examines the Ferguson Police Department, the North County Police Cooperative, and the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department between 20 2014 and 2019. So why'd you pick these three departments? Yeah, well, we knew we had to limit our scope somehow. As we know, St. Louis's policing infrastructure as a region is highly fragmented, and we knew we couldn't go deep into all of the police jurisdictions in our region. So we whittled it down to those three. Ferguson, because it is symbolic of all that brought the um, forward through Ferguson and the Ferguson Commission into being and was really the um, impetus for this deep investigation into um inequities, racial inequities in our region. SLMPD, because it's the largest police department in the state, it's an exemplar for so many of our other police departments. And North County Police Cooperative, because it's something new. It's a novel um, iteration on what consolidation and cooperation amongst police departments could look like in our region. And that department came together to say, instead of having all these tiny little departments, we're going to try to do something new and better. Right, right. It was one department that decided we can provide services to others in our region, and it makes sense in a certain economic um, way to do so, and in terms of the services we're able to provide as well. So we're seeing a very sort of organic growth of consolidation in certain areas of our region. So you looked at three at these three departments, and you looked at them over this five-year period. What can you point to as some successes in what those departments have done? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, because we should always celebrate the progresses that have been made, um, because we've a lot of people have been working very hard for the past uh, five years. Um, and so we, we want to celebrate the fact that we see progress on just about every one of the police reform calls to action that the Ferguson Commission issued. Uh, we've also seen with SLMPD, for example, um, the first instance of local control of selecting a, a police chief and a pretty publicly facing, publicly oriented process for doing that, uh, which was novel at the time and certainly not perfect, but um, made some important strides forward in how to make that process community f- uh, focused. Um, we've seen NCPC um, fight for and achieve a CALIA accreditation which in, in a pretty um, rapid time frame as well. And what's CALIA accreditation? So CALIA is the national body, the preeminent sort of accrediting body for law enforcement. Um, and it is pretty difficult to get. And NCPC did so in about two years, which is faster than most departments are able to do so. And, and it's really a credit to them that they put pedal to the metal and uh, try to issue as many policies, robust policies at that, because these are also high standards that uh, CALIA requires for their policies. So that that is definitely 
a win. We saw the immense amount of community effort that went into getting the consent decree signed. Um, I think that's a win as well because it is one of the legal mandates that is working to catalyze call to action implementation in our region. And we found in general that legal approaches to, to forcing the issue were actually one of the best approaches that the region has seen for making making change happen. And when you refer to that consent decree, that's between the U.S. Department of Justice and the Ferguson Police Department specifically. Correct. Correct. Okay, so even just getting that moving forward, that was a a step of progress. Yeah, for those who might not remember, it took a lot of effort um, from uh, community organizers, from local elected officials in Ferguson. You know, it was not always, it was not a given that it was going to happen. It took a lot of work to make that. You mentioned specifically that these departments had made strides in the calls to action that were in the Ferguson um, Commission report. Give us a couple examples of, of some of those specific action items. Yeah, we've seen, for example, trainings that have been implemented. The commission had several calls to action around increasing overall training hours as a state. Uh, the police officer standard, peace officer, sorry, standards and trainings um, increased the required police training hours a couple of years ago, I think, at this point. And beyond that, we've also seen local jurisdictions um, raising their requirements even beyond the levels of of post. So we've seen um, new trainings implemented around anti-bias, de-escalation, social interaction, and the like. So that is one area of pretty uh, robust implementation. We do like to also attach to that, though, that uh, training in and of itself will not be enough to change the culture of policing and of public safety in our region, that it has to be in addition to other policy-based changes. Um, but we, we've we seen changes of that sort. They've been hitting that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you talked about some of the good stuff here. But overall, this report does have a lot of criticism in it. What are some of the very biggest problems um, that you're calling out in this report? Yeah. We think that efforts tend to stall at the programmatic level. Uh, Programs are important, but they are oftentimes inadequate. They are short-term interventions that temporarily improve conditions, oftentimes in the wake of challenges. And we've seen a lot of responses, you know, in the wake of the Stockley protests, in the wake of um, hashtag Ferguson, the Ferguson uprisings and the like. Um, They help, programs help manage the effects of injustices, but they tend not to correct the injustices themselves. For that, we need policies. Policies tend to be more enduring. They tend to be more enforceable. We can hold ourselves accountable to policies in a way that we can't for programs. Um, And we haven't seen policy-based commitments to police reform. So that that transition, the programmatic into policy is a pipeline that is still stuttering, and we tend to stop at at the programmatic level. Okay. So at this point, we're seeing these these police departments. um, They're making some good changes, and they're putting programs in place. But you're saying overall, the policies just aren't where they need to be yet. Right. Yeah. And I I would also add to the the list of sort of major findings and and areas for um, future work is this lack of holistic approach to what public safety really means. And that means going beyond the assigning of individual blame and understanding that, you know, there are root causes to the issues that we're seeing. And we'll talk more about that holistic approach after our break. That's Karishma Furtado. She's a data analyst with Forward Through Ferguson. We'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. 
And now back to our conversation about Forward Through Ferguson's policing report. We're here with Karishma Furtado, who's a data analyst for the organization. Um, And we did want to mention that we invited representatives from the three departments that were examined in the report to be on the show, and they were not able to make it. And those three departments are the Ferguson Police Department, the North County Police Cooperative, and the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department. The report is looking at them between 2014 and 2019. Um, Karishma, when we had to take that break there, you were talking about how it's the holistic approach that that's somewhat lacking in how these three departments have tackled the call for reform. Um, overall, do you think there's just not an interest in doing this, or they don't even know how they don't even know how to begin to go about the big changes that are being asked? Yeah, I think it's remarkably difficult to come up with and implement a holistic approach to public safety. It is inherently interdepartmental. It's not just about law enforcement. It's about how law enforcement interacts with housing and transportation and understanding that the the drivers of crime and violence oftentimes have their roots in structural differences and who has access to opportunity and differences in investment and poverty and, and the like. And, and those root cause issues are difficult to tackle and well outside the purview of just traditionally uh, defined policing and law enforcement. So it would be more than just on the police departments to to make these changes. Right. We would need radical collaboration between law enforcement and all the other entities in the mayor's office and, you know, county executive departments and and the like. So on that note, talking about the St. Louis Police Department, um, the report says that there's a triad of leaders, the mayor, the director of public safety, and the chief of police who are misaligned when you look past their words and focus on their actions or lack thereof. Um, help, Help flesh out that thought for us a little bit. What, do you, what is the criticism there? Yeah, it's, it's that we oftentimes hear in words that we need to do some, that, that racial equity is important, that these root cause issues are important, but that when we look at the, the public safety plans that SLMPD and the city have developed, they do not actually address those root cause drivers. You know, we've, we've been hearing a lot these days about cure violence and its approach, um, and it's an important set of tactics that it's taking. And, and this is a program the city has finally decided to put some money to into fund. funding, about $2 million. That's right. And it's important that we, we fund um, these efforts, but they, we also need to complement that sort of more tactical addressing the crisis of the moment and the, the violence that we're seeing um, with interventions that look at the root causes that understand that behaviors and individual decisions are the end product of a very long series of um, events and and occurrences that individuals go through, some of which they had choice in and some of which they had no choice in whatsoever. So part of this is environmental and, and structural and it is the, the region's responsibility to address that with a more holistic approach. Let's talk about Ferguson for a moment. Um, as you mentioned earlier, they're under a, a consent decree with the Justice Department, and that did end up going through. And yet the time course graphs that your organization put together where you show how the three departments have been making progress in various reforms, honestly, Ferguson's trajectory towards reform doesn't look that different from the other two departments that don't have the Justice Department. They are trying to push things and, and move them forward. Um, why do you think that is? Yeah. One, the, the methodologist in my brain has got to say that it's very difficult to compare 
across jurisdictions because sure. the baselines that they were starting from were so different. You know, SLMPD's massive department relative to Ferguson, very small, very different places that, that each are coming from. That being said, you would theoretically expect something like the consent decree that lays out in very clear terms um, all of these policy changes that need to happen and puts a deadline on them all and penalties um, roughly for not adhering to that those timelines and those expectations. And when you look at the time course graph, you don't see the, the robust sort of hitting the ground running that you would expect when you've got that sort of um, document or policy looming over you. Uh, and that's partly because we found of the procedural requirements of the consent decree. So they, the con consent decree requires a pretty onerous and important level of sign-off and um, approval for policy changes and requirements for community input and goes to uh, various entities for, for modification before it's finally finalized. Um, and that process has taken time. So you tend to see this sort of start-stop uh, pattern in implementation activity in Ferguson. And we're just now seeing some of those policies come out of the tail end of that process. So the federal government has helped sort of be a catalyst for these changes. At the same time, they maybe make the process of doing it a bit more cumbersome. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's talk about the St. Louis Department then for a minute. Um, this, they also have some complications here. And one of them have been there have been a lot of lawsuits against this department. And many of them have been filed by activists and organizations that are pushing for change. Do you think based on what you've seen, they've actually helped achieve change? Or have they inadvertently impeded it by just giving this already overstressed department? They, they can't handle all of what's going on. Uh, a little bit of both, I think, uh, is the answer to that question. It's always the, the answer. It's complicated. Uh, we've certainly seen examples of litigation that has been used to require force change. Uh, the the three-second rule, for example, that was previously in place that required um, protesters to keep moving um, was found to be not permissible in, in a court case. And there, are, the flip side of the, the use of litigation, though, is that um, while these cases are pending and while investigations are occurring to inform those cases, uh, that can slow down uh, change that would have otherwise been made. So we have a lot of litigation, for example, that has spun out of the Stockley protests and the SLMPD response to those protests. And several interviewees brought up, you know, we, we are going to make changes to the way that we respond to a demonstration, but we don't know what those are yet because we're in the midst of this litigation. So okay. it, it has this dual nature. Uh, you opened your report with a call to the elected leaders in our state and in our region. You wrote, much of the work identified here is public policy work for which elected bodies and officials are accountable. The St. Louis region needs your leadership and your commitment. What has been their response to this report? We haven't had them knocking down our doors saying we're ready to, we're ready to do this. Um, I think it will require the community holding them responsible for making these sorts of changes, as we found throughout the report that organizing and, and community voice has been one of the, the most important catalysts of change. So I, I think we've got to hold our local elected officials accountable for making the changes that many of them uh, pledged to make when they were running for office. You know, racial equity was an important piece of everyone's platform, and we're still looking for those commitments to be made real um, in, in policy and in practice in office. We're almost out of time here, but you'll be hosting three town halls dedicated to this report this fall. Um, if people want to get more information on that, where should they go? They should go to our website, which is forwardthroughferguson.org. 
can find out more about them there. There will be one in October, one in October, November, and one in early December. We'll be taking them to each of the three jurisdictions that we researched in, so one in Ferguson, uh, one in St. Louis, and one in Vanita Park, I believe. Krishma Furtado of Ferguson, uh, Forward Through Ferguson, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.